Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. I'm Keanu. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about production rigs today, specifically guns. Um, we're going to go over some basic rules for you know how production guns are allowed to be set up. And then we're going to talk about some of the ones that we've shot, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons. You know, We're going to try to not have it be you know an ad for a particular platform. Um, we're just going to go through what we've experienced and what our thoughts are on them. Um, so first basic rule, I think, Keanu, correct me if I'm wrong, but productions holster and gun placement rules are essentially the same as limited and open now in terms as, of spacing. As far as height, no, spacing is different because spacing for open and limited, you can now use the wide, the, the width of the, um, the width instead of, the, or length, the length of the... Uh, oh, like the long side? Yeah, the long side of the overlay card. But production is still the short side. Production is still the short side, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but pretty much, right, I think it's just heel of the butt has to be above the belt. Um, holster and mags behind the hip. The hip bones, yeah. And I think when they check, they go in from the sides. Uh-huh. So they, like, if you press forward on the hips, it'll feel different from pressing on the sides. So you have to be careful with that, too. Yeah. And, you know, don't feel offended if an RO comes and starts feeling you up to see where your hips are. <clears throat> They'll do so. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going aside from there, I think they've recently just allowed a lot of things in production these days. You As of use, 2018, yeah. You can have external triggers or I guess aftermarket triggers now. Um, you know, it just has to fit the box. You're allowed to stipple now. I think you're allowed to have slide cuts. Um, I think. Well, the, you, you could stipple before, but it was only a certain area of the grip. Yeah, it was but like... now you can stipple the whole frame if you want to. Yeah, it used to be, I think, it was like maybe the bottom 75% of the grip, and that was about it. You couldn't touch any part near the dust cover. Um, but you are allowed to do a lot more of that now. Um, yeah. And I think the only things that are not allowed is you can't disable safeties as part of the rules. In per, uh, you can't make lightning cuts either. Oh, is that just carry optics? In For carry optics, cuts? you can make lightning cuts and um, front serrations. You cannot do either in production. Interesting. But you can use like aftermarket slides though, right? I've seen people use Zev. As long as it's patterned after a factory slide. Interesting. So, yeah. So if you were to get a, um, if you were to shoot a Gen 3 Glock 34 and then you happen to put an aftermarket slide on it with front serrations, that would not be legal. But if you were to get one, um, let's say that has no front serrations, but it just has like lone wolf or something, then it's fine. That's nuts. I don't it, It's It's getting complicated these days almost when it comes to production rules. But again, I think son, I guess we just need to be careful of what your slide cuts are, um, not disabling safeties and no P80 frames. I believe they are not legal in production or yeah. optics just because it's not an OEM frame or yeah. technically because the frame is a serialized part in the P80s case, it's not serialized. Yeah. Um, it's not allowed in USPSA production at a local match, you could probably get away with it, but you know, if you're getting actually gear checked, it's something to look out for. Yeah, oh, I, I have the rule right in front of me. So it says Appendix D4, 21.3 slides. You may replace the slide with an OFM or aftermarket slide of the same length, contour, and caliber as the original slide for that model of gun. So as long as it matches the original pattern. Oh, gotcha, uh-huh. Then you'll be good. Yeah, so let's jump straight into it, right? Uh, I think the real division within production when it comes to guns right now is going to be between hammer-fired guns and striker-fired guns. Each have their pros and cons. Uh, we're going to talk strictly on hammer-fired guns for the first portion of this. So I think the first thing we'd want to talk about is CZs. Yeah, I think CZs and TANFOs are the best-selling guns right now um, for production division. There's As a for reason nationals. for it. Yeah, yep. uh, um, just because... 
you know, you can get a better trigger with a hammer-fired gun. Period. Um, I've I've shot plenty of the modified Glocks, and yeah, they can be they, you can get them pretty good, but honestly, nothing's. In, but you'll have as much in a Glock as you as I do in my Accu Shadow, and it's not gonna it's not gonna touch it in terms of the single action quality. Yeah, that's coming from somebody who only and, shoots Glocks when it's not USPSA related. So. Yeah, so I only carry and you know shoot Glocks if it's not USPSA, and Glocks are my by far my favorite, you know, like practical application handgun. So, but you know, when it comes to gaming, I'm gonna do what I I'm gonna use what I think is probably among the best guns. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to sound biased, but I do I do think the CZs and the Tanfos top out a little bit over Glocks. Yeah, and you know, when it comes down to you know the actual trigger geometry and stuff, there's less going on when it comes to you know the the hammer getting tripped by the sear. Well, um, no, there's so if you look at a sear cage. Well, on a yeah. CZ when, when you the or, or a Tanfu, you'll be like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. But then you pull a Glock apart, and there are, like, three trigger parts in it. Uh, but I guess I'm talking strictly on, you know, where this, the hammer catches the sear, and, you know, you break that, and that's what you're dealing with compared to, you know, having this, the trigger bar releasing the, you know, the, the firing pin block and then cocking the, cocking the striker. Well, so so there, there's less motion in a... I, I would put the Glocks more akin to a... SPO one or a seventy five B or like a or a um a firing pin block yeah, gun uh-huh. as opposed to the shadow the shadow two um or like an accu shadow something like that yeah but going back to it, right one of the main pros for a CZ is going to be or CZ and Tanfo is one that is hammer fired two most of them are going to be steel framed guns which means that they're heavy I recently found out that actually a CZ SPO one weighs either more or just as much as a STI DVC three gun in nine millimeter. Or I think so, it, I think it weighs as much as an edge stock too, like stock also. Yeah, they're, so, they're like it's like forty one. They weigh about the same. It's like forty one point five or forty two ounces. Yeah, and so when you're when you're talking about a nine millimeter production gun, that is a heavy gun, and you know the Shadow Two is actually heavier. Forty nine ounces. Yeah, way heavier than the SPO, and I think that's why Tanfo is coming out with the was it the Defiant Hybrid? I think where it's a stock three frame with. Uh, a limited slide on it that they're coming out for production with like the limited pro slide or something yeah well they had something like that too they had the um i'm gonna pull it up a picture of it right now they yeah. they had a uh what was it they have small frame limited pros they do yeah um i don't know if they're very popular anymore there are like though. three thousand of them in the country yeah and apparently they're a big deal because people like them just because you can use the small frame tanfo mags which mm-hmm. i don't i like the bigger mags for reloads and everything but yeah, because you know, shooting a 2011, the mags feel incredibly small compared to uh, you know the the mags that we use for 2011s. But you know, going back to the weight of the gun, you know, that's going to be one of the big pros for the CZs and the Tanfos. Um, some people might actually see this as a disadvantage, though. I know some people who prefer to shoot polymer guns just because they're lighter. You know, supposedly you can transition faster. Um, it's less fatiguing to be shooting. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about gaming through, you know, let's say a major match, 12 stages, you know, recoil control is going to be a lot easier with a heavier gun for 12 stages throughout a day Yeah. versus, you know, shooting a plastic gun that's at, you know, 23, 24 ounces for a 12 stage, you know, 300 rounds. Yeah. I, I think at that point it's a big difference. Not yeah. so much in the weight to me is negligible. Maybe it's because I'm a limited shooter. I'm used to shooting a 56 ounce gun. Yeah. But heavy. yeah, your gun's even heavier. Yeah, I don't know why. But um, oh, probably the brass mag. Well, I don't know why I did it to myself. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, it's a, I think mine's close to like six pounds, 
I think it with, is not six pounds. Probably be like five pounds. I don't know, dude. With the hollow sun plus the think about probably the brass magwell. It's probably five pounds. Yeah, around five pounds. That's my guess. We can measure it one day. Yeah. Um, um but I don't really think the actual carrying weight is a big is a big deal. The big deal to me is how much grip pressure you need to put on it because, you know, Glocks might be lighter, but that also means you have to put a lot more, you know, muscle into the gun to shoot it. Yo, absolutely, right? Because because of the weight, you know, it. I guess the muzzle flip, you'll just feel more of it just because there's more less weight for the, you know, the recoil to actually push around. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I do think, I think Glocks, for me, stock Glocks have less, have less muzzle flip than a... Um, than like a stock CZ, or like, or at least there's there's no discernible difference to me. Really? Yeah. Between like a stock SPO one versus like a Glock thirty four. Yeah. You know? uh, dead serious. Uh, no, maybe not a thirty four. The thirty. So I like the thirty four. Uh, we'll get more into this as we talk about striker fired guns. I like the thirty four, but I think the seventeen slide length is a better length. For me, it cycles better. I would like, agree it feels with that. better. Yeah. Um, th- there's just less front mass going up and down yeah um, but again like i don't really think the flippiness really necessarily matters as long as the gun's returning to zero quickly yeah i don't really care how much it flips but it does provide like a weird sensation um when when you have the gun trying to press against you more or push up more i yeah it, it, it's it's very different like my yeah. 17l that's a very weird gun to shoot i bet yeah because you just have a long slide reciprocating but back to hammer fired guns <laughs> I'm surprised that you think that Glocks are just as flippy as the SPO one because that's also it's the same weight as an Aki Shadow, it's the same weight as you know all those all the other shadows yeah. that we shoot. Dude, if um, I had to pick one gun stock, I'd shoot a 17 over SPO one. Probably like the firing pin block SPO one. Yeah, I think that's also an atrocious gun out of the box. Uh, apologies to the CZ guys because uh, I had one for a little while and I thought it was okay, but after going back to a SPO one Shadow that CZ Custom worked on. It's incredible how different the stock SPO one is. Yeah, and for the money difference, when you can get a Shadow for 880 on CZ Custom, yeah. I don't really see a point in spending 600 650 on an SPO one anymore. Yeah, and I think the best deal I've seen on Reddit gun deals is maybe 580 plus shipping. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, they're not exactly cheap guns either. But, you know, we have a friend, John. He's got a firing pin block SPO one that he's done all the Cajun work on. Yeah. Which is actually an incredibly nice shooter. It's amazing. It is. I, I like it more than my Accu Shadow, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I think it shoots better than my Accu Shadow. I, I shoot it better than, than I shoot my uh, Accu Shadow. But, you know, he, but he, I, he put a lot of money into it because he's... So I think he spent 600 on the gun, and then I think he put another 600 to 650 in parts in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all Cajun parts. So he And you don't really notice the firing pin block anymore because he put the lightened... Um, he put the extended lifter on it. And he put the lightened firing, uh, the firing pin block spring, uh-huh. in it. So, like, there's almost no you don't you, you can feel it kind of if you're really looking for it, but otherwise, and like you'll feel it in the single action, but in the double action especially, you feel none of it. Yeah, it doesn't stack like the CZ custom double action triggers. You know, I think that's a Cajun, that's a Cajun yeah, difference though. I don't think um, that's an SPO one versus. But, but I, I will say on John's gun too, you will feel the difference if you're really looking for it in single action. You'll feel the creep. When you hit well, that wall, it, it'll come out further. Yeah, the, the resets longer, even with like the um the the Cajun like shortened reset kit, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, it's it, it does come out a little bit more, and you do feel it a little bit in the single action, not at all in the double action. I think. Yeah, and it, you know when the timer is going off, you're not going to tell. That's what it really comes Absolutely. down to. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, but it doesn't make a difference. But the question is, do you want to spend six hundred dollars on a six hundred dollar gun just to make it the same as a shadow with maybe two hundred dollars of parts in it? Yeah, but you know, some people like like doing the work, um, and also some people may only be able to afford the you know the base SPO one, but want the capability to take it to you know how far John took it. So yeah. I, I think that you know that's a pro for it, but you know for a lot of us when you're getting into the CZ territory, you're ready to drop you know a grand on a gun. Yeah, right I, especially with CZs, I wouldn't even bother buying a gun that I would that would I would have to work on. Yeah, just because like to me CZs are more complicated than the 2011, and when a gun's more complicated than the 2011, yeah. which it's that, that's a pretty low bar. And let's talk but. about complicated. So let's move on to the Tanfos. And, oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, I actually I have trouble shooting Tanfos because of the large frame. Um, okay, yeah, because you have a little carny hands. Even though the length of pull is probably about the same, it's just a little harder for me because of you know the large frame. But the trigger reach is shorter. It is. It's shorter, yeah. But it's just a little more. It's just too girthy for you're not using <laughs> handling that much girth. No, that's just way too much girth for my hands. <laughs> um, but when when I talk about just like general gun handling, it's a little harder for me. Um, but you know. For the CZ, if you want to throw in a mainspring, if that's all you're going to do, you know, it's a three-minute job at most. You pull the grips off, you get the mainspring plug out. But let's talk about the Tanfo. Yeah, so I was actually going to get a Tanfo because, for those of you who don't know, I just got my IQ Shadow, what, probably a month ago? About, about? Yeah, a month yeah, ago. Yeah, I got it about a month ago. And I came to the decision that I wanted a CZ because I was watching a video of a guy changing a, a mainspring on the <laughs> Tanfo. And to do that, you have to remove the safety... Um, and the sear cage so that involves like three or four different little roll pins and then you have to pull the entire sear cage out and you put the new one in and they do the exact same thing and and you know what i hate roll pins i i don't like any i don't like guns that are held together by roll pins i don't like guns that require a lot of roll pin removal that's why i don't like stock cz's i think they suck yeah especially because of the firing pin block is yeah i guess the firing pin is essentially held in by a roll pin Uh uh-huh um and so it's actually a, a huge pain to get that firing pin out because you got to punch that roll pin yep, out. Yep, and then the guts go flying out the butt. Yeah, but I will say, though, Tanfos have some incredible triggers. Like, some of the you, triggers You can, I, and the nice part is you can still have them since the um, the firing pin blocks work differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on CZs, for those of you who don't know, CZs lift. So you'll have a little lifter, like, like I was talking about on our friend's SPO one that pushes up on the firing pin block to, to disengage it. And that's how most guns work. So Glocks work yep. the same mm-hmm. way. XDs work the same way. M&Ps work the M&Ps same way. M&Ps work yep. the same way, yeah. I mean, they're all copies of Glocks anyway. <laughs> but um, the Tanfos are nice because all you have to do is, uh, when the sear engages, it drops, the firing pin, bl- pin block drops yeah. instead of raises. So the firing pin block has almost no effect on the trigger quality. Yeah, so it's, it's a genius design for USPSA because they can, you know, it has Or the, if you want to carry it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that too. Um, but going back to hammer-fired guns, you know, I think one of the main cons about it is that you don't. Most people don't carry a hammer-fired gun for their carry gun, so there's some platform discrepancy. But I feel eh. like you can train through that, eh. um, and people might make a big deal out of it. But I, you know, you no, hear, it's an overblown, almost non-issue if you know how to even just dry fire for like five, ten minutes yeah. a day. And th- you know, this comes back to the whole double action, single action. A lot of people feel that that's probably the main con for shooting CZs or Tanfos. But again, completely again, trainable. I don't think it's an issue either because the way people, even with a 13 pound mainspring, I don't think my double, I don't think your, yours or my double actions are past. I'd say they're like seven pounds yeah, at most. Yeah, like eight pounds at the worst. Yeah, and it pops every single primer we use, we've used so far. Yeah, with occasion firing pins and firing pin spring. 
Yeah, and so you know, if you think about it in a major match too, like your first trigger pull mm-hmm. is it's only, not a big deal. only twelve shots for that day should be in double action. Yeah, and if you think about a lot of double actions too, without spending a, a good bit of money on the trigger, you're still looking at probably a five pound trigger. Yeah. So it's not that much different. And like you know, Berettas and Sigs, you know, you s- we still see some of those out and about in you know production when it comes to hammer fired guns. Well, hopefully we'll see the Beretta more now that the ninety two X yeah. is coming out. Um, and so you know, I think the biggest con for the Beretta though is that just the fact that the aftermarket sights are just not in a place, especially just the way that you know stock M nine two A ones or M nine twos. Well, I, I don't think it's so much that. I think it's more of the the, the Beretta that people do buy, and people are always buying the ninety twos, the M nine A ones, the ninety two FSs and stuff like that. So you have a lot less selection because the front sights are fixed on those. Yeah. With the when you get to the elites, the elites you can change out how you want it. So okay, like uh-huh. the um, yeah, the Breda Elite, like the LTT Elite, which looks really nice. Um, they all have those features. Yeah. So really, the only thing I don't like about the Breda is the firing pin. Is the uh, not the firing pin block, the side mounted safety. Yeah. Which, I'm used to frame mounted safeties. I just don't like side mounted safety safeties. Yeah. I know plenty of people who can shoot them well. And, like, you know, Ben Steger shot one for how long? And he won a Nationals with it. Yeah, back in, like, 2005 or something, right? When he first... I think... some. I don't know if it was 2005. I think uh-huh. it was maybe 20... 2011, maybe? Okay, so it's way more recent than I thought. Um, but, yeah, it's... You know, I feel like, yeah, they're, they're good guns. Um, and a lot of people have them, you know, before they start shooting USPSA. But, yeah. like, like you said, like, the whole fixed front sight thing, that's usually a, a buzzkill for a lot of... Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of what we do because you want a fiber optic front sight, you want to be able to change some of that stuff out. Um, SIGs, honestly, I don't have too much uh, experience with the SIGs, but we still see some of the, I guess, the P226s come out, but less and less so, especially with Reddit. Um, a lot of the people are just recommending CZs over SIGs nowadays when it comes to gaming, just because, you know, they weigh more, they're designed for the sport. Well, yeah, CZ just makes their guns more conducive yep. to USPSA. I think for duty, SIGs are fine. I personally don't like SIGs, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. vocal about that. I think SIGs were better when they were made out of stamped sheet metal. Yeah. And, and when they were made in West Germany. Um, in, ter- in terms of overall quality. But, I th- you know, if you want a gun that works, and if you want a gun that's hammer-fired, and if you want a gun to be a normie, a normie flex on poor people, <laughs> a SIG's a fine gun for that. Yeah. But I just don't think the price you paid necessarily gets you the, gets you a gun that's you know, worth the price you pay. Absolutely. Like, I think, was it the P226 Legion or the Mark 25 or whatever The Mark 25s aren't that expensive anymore. They're you can get them for, like, six, six to 800 Well, if we're talking about MSRP, right, usually you're looking at close to a grand for the Mark 25 MSRP. A little under, yeah. And so, you know, at that point, you can... I think you see Shadow 2s going for that much these days. And so when it comes down to, you know, strictly competitive shooting... It's almost a no-brainer for consumers now. Everyone yeah, or hell, you get a seasons. shadow for eight eighty, brand yeah. new. Yeah, and then you you can get your belt, your mags, your mag pouches, and you yeah, know, get a couple hundred dollars worth of gear. Yeah, um, the legions I think are the, where the biggest yep. price discrepancy is because, you know, you can buy a. I would much rather have a shadow two, and I don't even like the shadow two yeah. over a legion. Um, the legions are nice, but I don't think they're worth the twelve hundred ish that you pay for them. Yeah, I would rather have a shadow two for a thousand dollars. Yeah, Which or you, I've seen them for a thousand dollars, brand new. Yeah, I mean, if it came down to it, you know, price aside, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I was paying twelve hundred bucks for a Shadow Two, I'd probably take that over Legion. Yeah, any day if it comes down strictly to USPSA shooting. Yeah, I don't like how the six shoot either. I think they're they're a little top heavy. They are. They feel weird. I, I mean, for me, Shadow and the grip and the grip angle is weird, different for me. I know people like to complain about gripping Glocks, but I'm the opposite direction uh-huh. with the SIGs. 
But like, I mean, Shadow Twos are weighted kind of funny too. Let's be real. They're front um, heavy, but they're not top heavy. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true because it's got you know the the thinner slide, I guess height wise. Um, but let's move on to talking about striker fired guns, right? I feel like a lot of people are almost looked down upon for using striker fired guns in production these days when it comes to you know the whole gear flex. Rightfully so. <laughs> but you know, Glocks. I, I shot a I shot a Glock 34 in carry optics when they first moved to the 140 millimeter magazine rule for a little while, and I, I had no issues with that gun um, when it came to the actual function, you know, recoil control. Oh, Glocks are good guns; they work. Yeah, the the only issue I had was the grip angle. It did some really weird things to my left tendon and my wrist, and so I, it was getting to the point where I couldn't make a fist with my left hand. I think it was just something I was having, you know, bad habits on grip or something. But the gun shot well. It, it transitioned really fast. And like Keanu, like Keanu was talking about, you know, when it comes to return to zero and cycle rate, like the Glocks cycle fast. Yeah, they do. It's like um, really fast. And, you know, what? it might lead to more felt recoil and whatnot. But again, with, with the gun transitioning and swinging fast like it does and having a slide that cycles that fast is actually really nice to shoot with. Um, but I guess pros for Glocks too, cross-training. I guess if you carry a Glock, if you carry a Glock for like work, and I know there are a lot of cops in the USPSA, but you know, and a lot of the police departments are still using Glocks. Yeah. So um, if you want to shoot a Glock for work, or if you do shoot a Glock for work and you want to shoot a Glock for USPSA, more power to you. Yeah. I really don't think like that's the really. To me, that's not a concern. That's not something I think about. Yeah, for, for especially because we don't like you. I know you carry a forty-three. Yeah, my my competition guns are like four times the size of yeah. my <laughs> carry gun. And even if you're shooting like a seventeen, for example, the fact that you carry a forty-three, it's almost a different platform. It's just the yeah. mechanics that are somewhat similar yeah. when it comes to the engineering behind it. Um, but talking about how Glocks are set up, we mentioned earlier um, the Glock is like three parts. You punch out all the roll pins. You pull out, you know, essentially where you're, um, it's not, they're not even roll pins. They're nice. Cause they're solid pins. Yeah. Well, yeah. Solid pins. And then you pop out, what is it? The little housing where you have your disconnector, you have your trigger bar and your trigger, and that's about it. Um, yeah, there, you can detail strip a Glock in with like a pen in yeah. less than in, in less than five minutes. And let's just put it this way. When I was shooting a Glock, Keanu's seen what I've done with some, some guns, trying to do you know some gunsmithing to it. Oh, no. <laughs> let's say with the Glock, I was able to successfully do all the work I wanted to on it by myself without parental supervision. Yeah. Well, they're idiot-proof in, in the regard that they're easy to work on. They're not idiot-proof in the regard that there are so many parts out there. There's a lot of garbage out there that you can put in your gun. Um, especially because a lot of it is aesthetics now. Um, you know, the mm. whole Gucci Glock thing is those $2,000 Zev Glocks. Yeah. And you know, I think when it comes down to competition, if you are shooting a Glock and you really like a Glock, really the only thing you need is a trigger return spring. Um, you need a, I, I'd recommend a ghost disconnector, a minus disconnector connector. Yeah. Uh, it's a connector. No, the, it's you called know, a connector, Chris. The mi- they have the minus ones too though. Like, but they're the, called connectors, not disconnectors. Oh, Get it right. Sorry. Idiot. Sorry. God, whatever. Freaking Glock fanboys. <laughs> hey, I, I shoot an XDM. Let's just put that out there when it comes to strike fire guns. Let's but, not get into that. <laughs> but aside from the connector, um, what I, you know, lightened striker springs and a lightened striker. That's, I feel like that's really all you need to have an excellent Glock trigger for USPSA. Yeah, and it's important to note that for if you get a lightened striker spring, you have to get the lightened striker because it won't have enough acceleration with the stock weight striker. So and the, the titanium strikers are nice, or the ones with like all the speed holes in them are nice. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to ignite Federals 
Federals well, won't be an issue, but but CCIs you will not ignite reliably if you get a lightning striker spring. Yeah. Without a lightning striker. Yeah. When I was shooting a Glock in my in limited, when I had my thirty five, I had a DK trigger with it, and I got the lightning striker mm -hmm. and uh, striker spring. I think stock weight I think is five pounds on the striker spring. It's yeah, I got a huh? three pound one I think, and well, like I, three and a half somewhere. Yeah, on there. and I had to get a light, and I I had to use the. Um, light and striker. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it couldn't reliably ignite CCIs. But I, I will say, I put the five pound back in because I didn't like the three pound as much. Because it gets a little mushier. It gets a lot mushier um, for me. And, and it, you know, it makes sense because there's less less weight essentially resetting the trigger, and as you're you know pressing the trigger, there's less resistance mm -hmm. on the striker. Yeah. Um, and then Keanu was touching up on slide length. Um, we both think actually the best cycling slide is probably the 19. When it comes yeah, to yeah, I like how the 19 plots. shoot a lot. Yep, because it's it's a short slide. It doesn't weigh that much, and you know, for us, we've been realizing more and more, return to zero is way more important than actual recoil. Um, and so when it comes to that, <laughs> hey memes, come on, we're doing a podcast here. No respect, not at all. Rude, rude. But go, <laughs> going back to it, it's it's a short slide, and it reciprocates incredibly fast, especially if you're using you know. 130 power factor ammo, 135 power factor ammo. Yeah. And for us, we realize that's more important than having a soft shooting gun with a sluggish slide. Um, and that then, might not return perfectly, yeah. Yeah. And then, like the 19s, I think, with the stock 18-pound recoil spring, I like shooting. It sh yeah, it shoots nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the, it, this comes back to, you know, shooting the 34 and the 17. A lot of people say get the long slide because of uh, sight radius, which has its merit to it. Yeah, they um, do shoot a little softer, though. They do. Not necessarily better, but they do shoot softer. Yeah, and you know, it's despite the slides being the same weight between the 17 and the 34, you know, the fact that it's longer it means it has I don't, I don't even know if it necessarily means it has more dwell time, but there's more travel to the slide because of how, you know, how long it is and with the barrel. The slide travel is the same because it's it's covering the exact same amount of distance that the on the frame. It's uh -huh. just it's just how much mass and how where the mass is distributed yeah. on the gun that makes the difference. Yeah. Because with a longer slide, it has more front weight and it gets more leverage on you when mm -hmm. it's reciprocating. Yeah. But, you know, Gen 3s, Gen 4s, Gen 5s. You know, Gen 5s are nice with the beveled magwell, but I really like the Gen 3s on Glocks. Um, but I feel like that could be... Can you hit the mag release on them? No. Actually, I cannot. You have to get the extended one? It's, it's bad on just yeah. stock mag releases. I like Gen 3s. I hate... I have, I have two Gen 3s and I have one Gen 4 and then the 43, which I don't even know what Gen that is, but yeah. it's a 43. And I have I like the Gen threes the most. Uh -huh. A mag button aside. Yeah, I think the the trigger geometry is just a little bit different on the Gen threes versus what they came out with. Well, with... so on the Gen fours, what they had to do to get the adjustable back straps, they had to uh. they made the frame smaller, so they had to change the geometry of the um, of the uh, what was it the trigger housing. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, they made the trigger heavier. Yeah. And they also, so that's why they came up with a dot connector instead of the oh, yeah, Gen uh -huh. 3, like, stop connector. Yeah. And it makes the trigger a little lighter, but also makes it a little mushier. Yeah. And so I, it doesn't have that positive click to it. It doesn't feel as good to me as a, like, I, I know we're talking about $400 gun triggers, <laughs> but I really think the Gen 3 is night and day compared to a Gen 4. Yeah. And the Gen 4s are also hit or miss. The Gen 3s are consistently, mm -hmm. like, better. My Gen 4 is pretty good as far as Gen 4 goes, but yeah. I, most Gen 4s I've shot are... Blech. And it's because it's a lot of people just get a connector and a trigger return spring and call it a day. 
Um, yeah, and, and so, no knock on Glock, but Glock doesn't exactly have the best quality control and the trigger quality. They don't. It's um, it's very it's not consistent. Like they're consistently good guns, they're not, but the triggers aren't consistently good. Yeah, and if you want to talk about you know good striker triggers, you know we're going to talk about MMPs and the Q5. The 2.0s um, are pretty nice. The out of the box, the 2.0s MMPs are actually quite nice when it comes to the trigger. And then you throw an Apex trigger in there, and it's probably the one of the best striker five triggers you can get, in my opinion. For um, the price, yeah, yeah absolutely. E- like even compared to the X fives, the great gun kits and stuff. I, I don't think the X fives are that are that nice, dude. I I, I don't pers- think they're that nice. I personally don't either. I mean, I've felt some you know light triggers, and they're they're kind of crisp. But a lot of the MMP triggers that I've tried, the Apex ones, are just they're phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think the Smith and Wesson did a really good job on the on the um, 2.0. Yeah, but then you you still run into issues, right? Like the the bore axis is a little less That's- than a, a Glock. A little higher. And yeah, that, that's uh, whatever. Like, to me at that point, unless you're going from, like, Glock to XD or Glock to SIG, uh-huh. I can't tell a difference. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I think, uh, you know, when, you know, we talk about production guns, but there's a big carryover into carry optics. Yeah. And I think all of all of the companies have doing have been putting these multi-optic cut systems on their guns. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, I, you know, MMP was one of the first ones to do it. I think they were the first one to do uh-huh. it. Um, with the uh, what was it? it was the, the Pro core. Series Core, the MMP yeah. Core, yeah, yeah, and so you know a lot of people bought into the system because you had that flexibility. But I think that's another reason why the X5s got really popular as well, is mm-hmm. because essentially out of the box, you know, you're paying. I think MSRP when they first came out was like a thousand dollars. You had it wasn't a, a cheap gun when it first it wasn't. came out. Um, you had a pr- essentially a production ready gun plus a carry optics ready gun. It came with the mags. It came with the cuts. Um, and plus a magwell if you want to shoot three gun. Yeah, so you're you're pretty much ready to go out of the box, and yeah. I think you know Canik followed up with that. They released you know their Canik did it before Sig, did they with the SFX? Yeah, uh-huh. they did it way like two years before Sig. Um, but let's <laughs> I don't have a lot of good things to say about Canik. Yeah, you know Canik's. Let's just say you get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's a great foray into the sport if you don't exactly know what you want to it's do. It's good for the first few thousand rounds that you shoot through it, and then you'll be like our friends whose brakes. Yeah, it just has and, issues. And, yeah, yeah, I think out of the box, the first thing they say is, you know, when you buy a Canik, you've got to replace the firing pin spring, something. No, uh, no you, it's a striker. The strikers are MIM instead oh, okay, of uh, huh. machined. And so so they'll, they'll, they'll break. They'll break like the <clears throat> 365. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's you know, I and I think when it comes to the polymer guns, it's pretty much what platform are you bought into? You know, is there any cross training capabilities for you? Yeah. Um, and you know, what essentially brand loyalty, right? I mean, Caleb shoots SIGs, you know, Caleb from our last podcast. Um, he's he likes the SIG platform. Um, but yeah. it, it's an odd feeling platform to me because I've pretty much only shot nineteen elevens um and MMPs pretty much and CZs. And so going to the X5 is yeah. kind of weird, and with the the straight trigger, the flat trigger, the angles are all just kind of weird to me. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have. I like Glock. Glock's yeah, are the only striker fired guns I'll buy outside of like dumb meme guns. Uh-huh. But yeah, and I and one of the best parts probably about striker fired guns is the aftermarket. Um, I feel like with CZs, there's very little when it comes to. You have two. You have two vendors you can buy from. Realistically, yeah. But just aside from you know the internals, you know, it's also the aesthetics. A lot of people like playing with the aesthetics of the guns they shoot, and I feel like MMP has the aftermarket for it. Glocks have the aftermarket for it, and even yeah, especially with Brownell slides, you can buy yeah. three hundred dollar Brownell slides, and you can make your gun like look like a spaceship. Pretty much, and you know, I think the PPQs and the Q5. I think really what what shined for that platform was the contingency program. 
Yeah. Um, well, the Q5 was one of the earlier guns. That was one of the earlier um, adopters of optics plates, too. Yeah. But the only deficiency with the Q5 is you have to remove the rear sight. Yeah, which I think... No, I guess Glocks is not In carry optics, is not really an issue. Yeah. Because you're not you're really probably not going to be shooting with iron sights anyway, ever, in carry optics division. You probably shouldn't when it comes strictly to competition. Um, yeah. I think Frank Proctor had a really cool video about how people kind of overblow the need for irons when it comes to shooting red dots but you know that that's its own i'm not topic. a timmy so I, I don't use red dots yeah well i just am not good at shooting so yeah, red dots that. makes it I've a seen lot you more shoot fun limited. <laughs> and production and you production. Shoot production too um but i think with the q5 at least though it was you know they came with the optics cuts they had a contingency program the trigger was great out of the box and so it was almost you know for people who were, were a high level competitor just looking to get into the game to make some money yeah, um, you know Walter was a really good option for it. I think Juancic really made it, really made it big though, because no one, no one really shot a Q5 until he started coming up on the map. That's true. Yeah, and, um, and people realized that it's not really the gun; it's, it's every, the, everything else. Because he shoots a stock shooting. Q5. Yeah, and you so know it's it's he, a shooter. He wasn't even shooting the steel frame because it wasn't out back then. Yeah, you know, and last year he placed second in carry optics behind Max Bichel. Two years in a row, he shot. He placed carry optics. He uh-huh. placed second in carry optics nationals, and, and he he was always. He came top 16 in production nationals a few times, too. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, though. So I feel like the, the Walther grips are really short. Um, they are. And, and you, know, you have small hands, too. I have small hands, and I think they're short. They're like but... Glock 19 size, almost. Yeah, almost. Maybe a little bit longer. Maybe just yeah. like a tad bit longer. Well, they have the overhang on the bottom, on yeah. like Glocks. Um, but, you know, Juan Chick's also... He's, he's a tall guy, and I'm sure his hands are nowhere near as small as mine, but he shoots them fine, so... It's... Yeah. I, I don't like the grip size, though. It just feels a little... Because it's, it's such a big gun on top, and then you grip yeah. it, and you're just like, oh, it's like you're holding a Tootsie Roll. Yeah. it's But, you know, I, I've always wanted to play. I was really tempted to buy a Q5 instead of the Accu Shadow. Yeah. You don't even need um, a Q5. My dad's got the PPQ 5-inch, uh, and it's an awesome gun. Yeah. It shoots really well. Um, mag price, are they pretty expensive for the PPQ? I've, yeah, I've 35 really... to 40 bucks. Okay. So you're looking at, like, OEM CZ prices or MMP prices. Yeah. Um, one thing about Glocks is that you can get Glock mags pretty cheap. That's the Glock, CZ, and Tanfo. Yeah. All get, those mags are 25 bucks a pop. Get cheap and mags. If Brownells has sales or Midway has sales or whatever, you can get Glock mags for like 20 bucks each. It, yeah, it's almost... It's, or go to the gun show, you can get Glock mags for uh-huh. cheap too sometimes. And like people people buy and sell Glocks so much and they just find stray mags laying around that they're just trying to get rid of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think that kind of covers, right, mainly the pros and cons of striker fire guns. Um, yeah, it's like... It's... A lot of people just complain about like the first shot pull, yeah. the consistency of the striker fired guns ver- over the double single on a hammer fired gun yeah. production. And you know, I I actually thought that I liked striker fired guns better when I first started, but that was mainly because of fundament like fundamental shooting skill deficiency. Um, and I think part of that also came so when I first started shooting production, I went straight to a shadow target two. Um, I didn't really understand recoil control, trigger control. I just had a gun that recoiled very softly, and I think that really handicapped me in the beginning stages. We get it. You were bad at shooting. You're still bad at shooting. <laughs> man, <laughs> lay off a little bit, man. You it make hurts. it easy. You just said two minutes ago that you're bad at shooting. <laughs> well, you're supposed to say that I'm kind of good now. Because well, but... you shoot a $6,000 gun that has all the handicaps. <laughs> like a big red dot. It's nice. Um, but, you know, that's one thing to keep out for or watch out for. Um, I always keep a polymer gun around now. 
just to keep me honest to be um, when it comes to shooting because yeah, do you want to talk about your uh, yeah your so, striker fired 2011 so I shoot a striker fired 2011 which is the XDM 5.0 5.25 I've got it with a dovetail mount for my burst <laughs> fast fire three um, a lot of people will be like yo that sucks you need to get it milled so it gets lower the slide but I shoot an open gun. And so actually, it's the, actually the like, borax works I'm, for me. I'm gonna be honest: the height over bore of the optic versus the grip is actually pretty close to the it to, works a, for to me. a fixed to, to a fixed mounted um, open gun. Yeah, like open, open 2011. Gun, yeah. And like I will show you pictures where the grip angle is identical with the 2011. It's just sad that they don't take the same mags because that'd be awesome. But uh, my XDM is pretty much stock, um, and it's actually a really hard gun to shoot. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do shoot carry optics with it every once in a while and I enjoy You've it. You've used it once. No, I've I've shot about three matches with it actually. And my match? I shot one at your match. I shot NRA with it once and I think I shot fine, I shot it at two matches. Yeah. Um but you know it's that that gun is tough mainly and you know, this will be the biggest disadvantage for the XDM in my opinion. Um, is the magwell size. Oh my gosh, it's tiny. It's, it is the smallest magwell I've ever seen. It is actually only big enough to fit the magazine in. Yeah. There's no room for There's no bevel there. or anything. Um, but, you know, I've played with some XDMs that came from, was it, uh, was it Rock Rock River Precision? or Something like that. PR, PRP, R, RPR? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've played with them too, and they're, they're actually pretty They have nice. amazing the triggers. triggers are ridiculous. But, you know, it's, I would say that's the biggest downfall of the XDM platform is actually just the magwell size. If, yeah. you were, if you were to, you know, increase the magwell size to that of, like, a CZ, like, you've seen my CZ magwell with the beveled edges and stuff. Like, it's, it's almost like having an external magwell on it, but the XDM is punishing if you don't get a good mag insertion in. Um, yeah. But overall, I actually, I like the gun. It's, to me, it's... You just like it because you made the meme. I just... I'm committed to the meme. And it made your wife buy you an XDS. <laughs> yeah, so my carry gun's an XDS. I actually really like that gun, too. Um, I know, but you can't shoot it because it doesn't shoot straight. <laughs> it doesn't. It legit does not shoot straight. <laughs> but but I like how big the XDS is compared to the shield and the 43. The 43 is really small. And so for me, I think I used to carry some. I actually carried a P09 for the longest time uh, in appendix. And I really like the full-size guns because when you when you pull your shirt up to grab the gun, it's a lot easier to get a good grip. Yeah, the Glock 19 is way easier for me to grab out of appendix than a 43. Yeah. The 43 is almost like I feel like I'm going to fumble it getting you, it You got to search for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I like the XDS. It's a little bigger. It makes it a little more pleasant to shoot because mm -hmm. the 43, that's a snappy carry gun. No, that's not that um, bad. It's, it's not. But we're also, you, you know, when it comes to just a regular person who doesn't shoot much, no, the 43 sucks. Yeah, it's, it's a... It's Any a gun that size sucks. Yeah. I think the like the Glock 19 is a better size for like... We're not talking about carry, though. No, no, yeah. But... No, excuse me. But when it comes down to USPSA, I think... Really, you've just got to find a platform that you like. I've, I've seen a lot of... You know, Bob Vogel shoots a 35. 34 in production, yeah. Yeah, well, a 35, yeah, 35 and limited. And he rips Which with proportionally that puts him at a much bigger disadvantage than it would in production. Yeah, but, you know, you see guys like him running, you know, Glocks or Polymer yeah. Guns. You, you know, Rob, or Le Rob Latham. Rob Latham's yeah. still crushing people with an XDM. Striker Fire 2011, 2011. Is, is the correct political term. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Bob Vogel also won World Shoot um, in 20... The Greece World Shoot, I think. Uh -huh. In 2011, I think that was. And he went up with a Glock 17. Ooh, that hurts the fact that it wasn't a 20... Oh, different division. I was going to say 20 he, he shot production that, that... Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, not standard. And so, 
I, you know, when it comes down to it, again, I, I feel like whenever we talk about gear, it just comes down to what you're comfortable with, what you can afford, and what you like, right? Um, yeah. Because when it comes down to it, I think the only advantage you'll have with a steel-framed gun, whether it's the Q5 steel frame or a Shadow 2 or a Tanfo. It'll be a Tanfo, little easier to shoot. And, you know, it'll, it'll help you get through a match when it comes to recoil control when it's a 12-stage match. But, you know, a lot of places are going to the two-day format now. So that's almost even less important these days than it was when you're blasting through 15 stages in a day. Two-day format's the way to go, by the way. Yeah, and you know you won't die of heat stroke like we've had some friends almost do <laughs> at a major yeah. match. Um, but so. I, I think I, I don't even know if it's like shoot, shoot what you like. I should. I don't like CZs. It's because they're small. You've got big, you yeah. get, you have big hands. They're small guns. I don't think we talked about that though. Yeah, the CZs have really small grips compared to the even with the SSIs I have. Yeah, or even with palm swells, it still feels too small. Because now I I kind of want to get a Tanfo. Well, good trade thing, it for a Tanfo. Good thing about the Aki Shadow is that it holds value pretty well, right? You'll probably get you can still get, I'll get what I paid. Yeah, especially and, when it has seven magazines. Yeah, and and honestly, guys, that's just the way to go. Is you know buy used. Uh, you know, go on Brian Enos or you know Ken's List or whatever, and look for it. Yeah, because people, people will have them set up already too. Yeah, like the way they the way you'd want it for competition. Yeah, I think my CZ Custom SPO, the Shadow that I got a couple years ago for Carry Optics, was fully worked on by CZ Custom. Picked it up for eight hundred eighty bucks with six mags and a holster. You know, the the deals are out there, um, and so you know if you want to make the foray into a hammer fired gun, it's possible. And it's not as expensive as you might think. So yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, shadows, yeah, and, like limb pros and stuff like that. Yeah, and like you think about a Glock. So you let's say you get one for about four fifty, five hundred bucks. You still have to put in you know at least two hundred bucks in trigger parts for a lightning striker. <laughs> you know all that. I stuff. wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't care about the trigger on the Glock. So <laughs> I'm just like. I'm just gonna shoot at stock and just smash the trigger and yeah. slap it. I'd say for me, like four pounds is bearable, regardless of the platform. Yeah, and that's really only like a step down in yeah. the connector. Yep. And then maybe a trigger return spring. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Yeah. All right. But I think we're running a little over on time. As always. So maybe we'll just go to the 45 minute format moving forward <laughs> or whatever. You know, we've been trying to keep yeah, it we down say to like that 25 minutes or whatever. We but... say that and then we'll be in an hour the yeah. next time we do it. <laughs> yeah, so you I guys. Think we should just say 30 minutes for, yeah. for, for forever. Well, and we'll try to get there, but we just have so much crap to say about the sport. You know, it's a good time for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Gas pedals. Yeah. Oh, oh, yo. We can do an entire episode on that. Um, oh, my gosh. We can but, just make it, do an entire episode on production and characters rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll save that for another day. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been the CSRG Podcast, and I'm Chris. I'm Keanu. Shoot well. We'll see you on the range.